You're listening to The Web for Marketing Podcast, where business owners, digital marketers, and creatives collide. Hello, and uh, welcome to the Web4 Marketing Podcast. Uh, today, I'm Kevin Getch, the CEO and founder of Web4. I'm also Director of Digital Strategy. And today, <laughs> and today with us, we have Michael Cortez. Michael Cortez is, has over 15 years experience in the industry, and he's been a rock star SEO specialist and now manager of the entire marketing team, SEO extraordinaire at Web4, going on two years. And... This guy has more passion in one pinky, that's my pinky, uh, for SEO than most everyone out there. That's one of the reasons I love this guy. I'm changing from podcast voice to real voice because uh, I truly want to be genuine. Truly, truly love this guy. Super passionate, like just awesome person to work with. And I'm super excited to have him on the Web4 Marketing Podcast today and really him have me. I'm here to just kind of chat along, ask him some questions and, and take in all his knowledge and just, just chat back and forth. And so for those of you on video, we may have some visuals. Um, I'll try to describe if uh, you're just listening via audio, I'll try to describe if we have any visuals to what is on the audio. Well, so with that, Michael, did you have any other things you wanted to add before I uh, jumped in and started barraging you with questions? Just want to say, uh, uh, glad to be here. Looking forward to just chatting. You know, we, we frequently are able to just talk about digital marketing and SEO and, and uh, it's nice to be able to record it for once because we were always talking about such great things. So um, yeah, really, really looking forward to the episode and we have some uh, awesome topics uh, that we're both going to be touching on really looking forward to getting your insight, Kevin. So yeah, thanks for having me and uh, looking forward to the web Four SEO podcast. Yeah. Wonderful. Yeah. So um one of the things that's been on our radar for gosh, quite a while now, but uh, it's been a, a recent topic of, of interest is how Google is making this um, very concerted and obvious push into uh, the e-commerce space. And so yeah. I wanted to get some of your thoughts on um, and, and, and I'll share some of my thoughts as well. But like, what is it that uh, we're seeing here and what do you think that this means uh, going forward in the e-commerce and e-commerce SEO space? Yeah, this is a, a great subject. I, I really uh, think that this is important just for awareness for the SEO community and and really for any user of search, right? Because, um, you know, there's obviously been a long, long going competition between Amazon and Google uh, on the e-commerce front. But uh, if anybody wasn't able to check it out, uh, Lily Ray shared a great article um, just recently uh, on this exact topic, um, and she touched on some really um, major things that Google is doing um, in reaction to you know Amazon's large push into the e-commerce world. Um, one of the statistics, um, and we'll dive right in. Why not? Uh, one of the statistics that really stood out to me was in 2020, there was a channel advisor had conducted a study um, of that 53% of product searches, product related searches, uh, were conducted on Amazon. Um, and that same study was in 2021 was performed by Jungle Scout. They're a, a SaaS company that um, is in the tool space. Um, and they, that had increased from 53% up to 74% in 2021 of product searches were being performed on Amazon. 
um, which there's some skewed data in there, I'm sure, you know, that could be up or down a few percentage points based on the accuracy, but um, that's a large amount of product searches and trillions and trillions of dollars in potential revenue um, that I'm sure Google has thoughts on, but uh, yeah, that's, that's, I feel like I'm ranting here a bit, Kevin, what, what's your thoughts or what's your take on, on this subject from what you're seeing? So I think it's something that they've known for a while that they were, um, that they were falling down on and that they, Amazon had certain competitive advantages against them in this space that was going to take them a while to um, to be able to differentiate themselves and to be able to um, stand out in this space in a meaningful way to get some of that market share back and be more competitive. And I think uh, I think you'll some of the clear evidence of what they're doing is you know they basically to get into the Google shopping space, you had to have paid ads uh, for a while and go through this whole and real complex setup back in the day. And they've tried to make that a lot easier, but they've also made it free for mm -hmm. every single you know person who wants to be able to upload their e-commerce products. And then I think they had a relationship with uh, Shopify too, to automatically allow people with Shopify to put their products into this free shopping feed, right? Which from an SEO side of things, the way we optimize that feed, which I don't know if we want to get into that as well, but I, I think that's an important topic as well. Um, it's all through, in large part, it's a lot of the on-site SEO that's done that filters into that product XML feed that Google then uses for their shopping. So that was one step. There's some other things that I don't know if people are necessarily thinking about this, but this is I'll share with you my thoughts. We started to see uh, Google my well, Google Business Profile now. Um, <laughs> good catch, good catch. <laughs> yeah, we, we started to see them add products to for a while now products to their um, Google My Business, mm -hmm. and so this is where there's a couple spots where I see Google having a competitive advantage over Amazon. Um, Amazon, when you go to Amazon, one of their competitive advantages is their brand and how related that is to low prices. And when you're buying from them, you have a little bit of that, you know, Amazon umbrella guarantee. Right. right? Yeah. Yeah. But, Absolutely. but it, it also feels like when you're shopping from Amazon that you're kind of screwing the small business when you're working with that big company. And there's, there's some truth to that with Google. When you're going through Google, it, it more is a direct feeling of working directly with the small business Mm -hmm. which I think is a huge advantage for them. It's a, it's a different approach, but I think it's a huge advantage for them. Um, and then the other aspect is local product searches. Amazon is not even in that market. Absolutely. And, and I think that's one of the biggest advantages that Google is positioning themselves for so that they can, and they've started to show this in searches already when you look at this product and it's at this store nearby down the mm -hmm. way, right? So some of this is feeding into that kind of data, which for me, that's a huge competitive advantage because a lot of the people want convenience, right? And they want to support the local business. So I think that's the what they're working on towards their advantages and how they're trying to show up in that space and try to get back some market share from the behemoth that is Amazon. <laughs> you bring you bring up many great points, and and one of them I, I want to touch on just very briefly. I have had some experience in the 
uh, Amazon marketplace uh, previously. And I can tell you that uh, they take a large chunk of profits from small businesses uh, for listing, for shipping, for uh, in it can really drain um, and it's very impactful to the bottom line. So so they, just to acknowledge that brief point that you made, Amazon is their business model, although it does help business owners in some sense get a little more visibility, their business model is also very set up to take away a large amount of the profits that uh, business owners get, um, you know, working outside of Amazon. So it's um, that's uh, just a brief point I wanted to touch on because I had some Amazon um selling experience they call it amazon seller central but uh, in the past so that that was an interesting point that i didn't think about um the other point you touched on was the benefits of google i agree they have made some uh huge pushes uh with the shopify integrations they've also uh got a recent woocommerce integration um so they're you know really aligning with all the major e-commerce platforms uh on that front and like you said, they did release um, Seller or Seller Central. Going back to Amazon here, uh, <clears throat> they did release um, the shop, shopping feed, or yeah, Google Merchant Merchant Center um, to all businesses, and it's now free to list products. So they've uh, made it much easier to use um, on that front for, or much easier to access for. Uh, you don't just have to be in the paid ad space. Uh, to have access to Merchant Center or shopping the shopping area, which is nice. Uh, a couple other things um, that I definitely want to touch on, which you mentioned on the local business front, because I do think there's a tie into Google Business Profile, um, especially with the prominence of the product listings, and they're doing that, you know, with um, Google G Google Business Profile posts. I was about to say GMB posts, caught myself. They're doing that with just products in the business profile and making those more prominent. So eventually I do see that being um, closely tied in with this advanced push uh, towards shopping for Google. Um, like you mentioned, they are now allowing um, in the shopping, uh, when you're on Google Shopping, checking out results, you can see if it's in store near you. Um, so that's something that, you know, on the local front that Amazon just does not have the capability to do and it's, um, yeah. they can't scale to that. So it is interesting to tie into the Google business profile, to the shopping results, and on the local front, how how Google definitely has a serious competitive advantage um, in that front, just because the mass amount of the business profile essentially is your, outside of your website, I mean, it is your, your face of your business uh, as a business owner online. So um, it's it'll be interesting to see the long-term evolution there. Yeah. Um, yeah, there's it's uh, Google's also tying in Google Lens. They're doing this window shopping stuff. So it seems like they're investing a pretty significant amount of resources um, into ads, into advancements of shopping. But you're seeing a lot um, on that front as far as trying to close that attribution with Google or with Amazon. Because uh, I do think Amazon, in some areas, that ease of use and that um, reliability or that warranty that you were talking about earlier does um obviously create a unique competitive advantage for them one click shopping um yeah. you, know, you have your prime account uh, yeah. over or one day shopping one one click purchases you know there's all these ways that amazon's able to make shopping easier 
Yeah. Um, that Google can, um, you know, they're, they're going to have to understand, you know, and ha- help close that attribution and make a, a seam- as seamless shopping experience as possible um, yeah. to close the, to, you know, close this gap and earn some back of those valuable product. Uh, one, of the thing, one of the things you just touched on that I think is like, it's such a, so it, it, it alludes to such a key evolution of search. And so I want to just touch on that because I think this is part of their e-commerce strategy to get back market share is they've clearly communicated that their goal is to make search more visual, mm-hmm. more visual oriented. Right. And, yeah. um, and there's a lot of things that have been done in order to make that the case and image just searches an image alone have increased so much. And there's a lot of shopping going on in image search because it's a visual shopping experience. Right. Absolutely. And so there's things like that, that they're trying to uh, improve and better understand. So like you mentioned, Google lens mm-hmm. um, and I've actually used that quite a bit. A lot of people, my wife was using it the other day because um, her iPhone didn't have, I don't think she had it on there. And so she just started uh, using Lens to do all these books that she was looking at. And it would pull up all those those books and it'd search the way, you know, she'd take a picture, Lens, find all the things. Um, and it was super, super convenient and easy. And if someone, you know, your uh, friend has a nice purse that you like, you know, you take a picture of it, it'll pull that purse up for you. Like there's that kind of thing that, yeah, Amazon doesn't have that. I don't, um, I don't think that the way that Google has the opportunity to do visual search and then also utilize some of its other channels like discover to, if you started searching for, you looked at a lens, you took a picture of that person, you looked at the lens and were looking for that purse they can start to show in discover feed for you proactively purses that are like that purse. Right. And kind of start showing you those, those other ones. So there are a lot of advantages that they can, that they can take advantage of. And so I just wanted to get, um, I mean, if there's more thoughts that you have on that, like I, I I think that that is a big trend that they're working towards. Yeah, no, I, I think we covered it pretty well. I, I wanted to, just think a little bit about what that could lead to. I, yeah. I I do see Google being able to, if they make this concerted effort to try to overtake Amazon, I see them being able to achieve back market share. Um, but yeah. I was just interested to get your thoughts on, on um, what that fight could look like in the next five yeah. to 10 years and what that, that future might look like. Oh man, there's so many different things. And um Here's kind of a random thing. And I actually, I meant to bring this up um, the other day. Where is it? Um, So I saw this on my mobile and let me see if I can actually um, show you real quick. If it's um, interest here. What was it? So so on Chrome on my mobile, um, you see the little follow button right here? Have yeah. you seen that? Uh, so no. that's on the Web4 website. So Dude. I can follow the, the Web4 website. From, on Chrome. Mo- on Chrome. I mean, this should be like we, we should be doing a 
blog post about this. Maybe maybe someone's already uh, done it, but I have so I went there and I click uh, follow, and now I'm following it. And so it says you're following uh, Web4, and then it shows uh, in Discover the the sites you're following right here, and so you'll get updates from like I follow Psychology Today. uh, There's Web4, so there's conversion rate optimization. So that's interesting. Isn't that crazy? Isn't that that crazy? I was like. I meant to bring it up the other day because I saw it like last week and I was like, oh, I got to tell the team about this because that was news to me. But so there's all these little things that they can do that they have so much power and leverage into that they're not quite doing yet. That's that's one of them. Right. Like is is Discover has grown significantly. Um, It's something that I use quite often for things that I'm interested in and I find it really valuable because I'm able to filter out different things and able to follow the news I'm interested in, the products and topics and all the things I'm interested in. And it just gives me the things and kind of in a proactive way. But um, and you could follow topics before and you could there was specific sites, but now it looks like you're you're able to go to any website and start following that. So not to just drop a bomb in the middle. Flash news break. No, that just to drop a post. <laughs> <laughs> no, but, that's uh, interesting. And like you're yeah. saying, there's all sorts of little triggers that Google could pull to, you know, that yeah. could, you know, each little trigger can yeah. minorly influence, you know, how you shop, how you search, what you're doing, how you're being notified. And that could lead to more and more of those results returning to, you know, the shopping results returning to Google and, and less and less and less from Amazon. And, you know, bottom line is it's better for the small business. It's better for the large yeah. business. I mean, it's overall, it's um, yeah, it's a, it's a more fair game to play, I think. So yeah, no, that's, that's, that's interesting. That's my, my thought as well is that they are going to um, use their weight and strategy to basically do what Amazon's doing to the end consumer, which is a pricing strategy, um, that Google's going to do the pricing strategy to the business and say, hey, you're paying 30% over here on this. We can, like, I mean, it's going to be less than 10% probably uh, if you're spending ads. And sometimes it's going to be free, free Google yeah. shopping, free, you know, when you're products and business, all that stuff can be free to some extent. Um, and so the cost will be much lower. So they'll use a pricing strategy along with their weight and the different technologies uh, and like partners with Shopify, partners with commerce, things like that to make it um, more feasible. And they're going to take the local focus, uh, which I think is a huge, like, that's what I would do, right? Like, you know, huge that's, your, huge that's your bread and butter. Yeah. No, no, absolutely. And yeah, I was being conservative with that uh, 30% in the, uh, with Amazon, with the white label, uh, if you have oversized products, I think it could be up to 50% or depending on, you know, it all depends on the size of your products and how much storage space you need. And it's really, it can it'd be extremely cutthroat and really cut the margins quite, quite thin. Um, yeah, yeah good stuff. No, love to hear about where this, where this is going. I, I had a, if there's more, we want to talk about this, I'm good to go too, but I, I wanted to to transition to uh, how SEO and the demand, uh, it's kind of a meta (laughs) version (laughs) of the demand, uh, the search volume for search engine optimization, SEO has grown significantly uh, over the last, you know, four years. And for me, I'm just, uh, and I'd love to chat with you, share some of my ideas, and I also love to get some of your ideas on 
what you know why you think that is why has the demand the volume the number of people searching for seo increased so much over the last four years yeah i think there's some clear bullet points here that um to me stand out um one obviously is this push to everything online with um everybody being pushed into the pandemic i do think that we've seen um, a lot of businesses kind of rethink their marketing strategy to to a, yeah. a, a point um and before they're inge- they're investing a lot of money in you know direct to consumer flyers or you know pushing people into their storefront whereas you know we went into this time where we're on lockdown uh, there are no storefronts and businesses are really having to re- rethink their um where they're spending their marketing dollars and, and how they're going to um, succeed through this pandemic, grow through this pandemic. And um, so I think that's definitely one of those main bullet points we're seeing. I, I'm interested to get your perspective on this. I, I, I do think there's, it's just the SEO industry is also growing significantly. Yeah. So I think we're seeing some of that um, just because the power of SEO and how important we know it is to the bottom line and how it, core it is should or how core it should be to pretty much every business owner's marketing efforts, right? It should be um, a major portion of your of your marketing strategy. So um, yeah, no, I, I definitely have some thoughts on what we're seeing here with these graphs. I think you have a graph we were going to share with them where we're seeing um, a pretty significant upward trend into 2021, 2022, and, and just what seems like it's ever climbing. Um, yeah, what do you th- when you look at this? What do you think we have um, going on here? Yeah, so and for those on audio only, um, we're showing a um, Google. I think it's Google Trends search graph yeah. that shows you, there was a just for the term SEO. It shows that it was um, increasing slightly, and then there's this huge spike uh, at beginning of twenty of twenty twenty. I wonder what that was, right? So there's this huge spike in interest because so many businesses weren't able to do business in person. And this thing that they've been being told for so many years that you need to be doing this thing, because what happens is we get comfortable in our patterns, right? And a lot of businesses were comfortable because they're like, oh, this I'm what I'm doing is working. My business is doing well. And yeah, I hear about SEO and all that stuff, but you know, I don't know. All of a sudden, what happens is these types of big, impactful events basically make it so that it forces people to accept new realities and to think about changing. And so there's this huge spike because everyone's going, hey, like, what can I do to like my business is is getting killed here? What can I do? And so all these people start searching online. Everyone we're hearing and people it was interesting for us because a lot of the businesses we had prepared for some of this stuff did extremely well through um, the pandemic and the initial part of the pandemic and all that. But then there was other businesses based on sometimes their industry and based on other factors that were coming to us that we were trying to help. Right. And so it's one of those things that I think that increased demand made people realize that they need to not rely on this one thing that was working for them for so long and they need to have a more comprehensive strategy. They need to have a really comprehensive online digital strategy. And as you said, from my perspective, 
SEO is at the core of most, anytime there's a demand for your product or service, SEO should be at the core of your strategy because it informs uh, everything else to some extent. Uh, not that it's, um, you, sh you should be looking at all the different elements, but if there's a demand, so what I mean by that for the different audiences that are listening, if uh, people are actually searching for what you offer, SEO is going to be highly valuable because it's just a matter of showing up in those search results. If you have a brand new product or service that no one's searching for and there's no uh, demand for it, there's not even someone searching for the problem. I mean, you could target the problem if people are searching for the problem, right? But if there's no one searching for that, then SEO probably isn't going to be your primary focus. But for the most part, most businesses, there's a demand for what you offer, right? And so uh, SEO is core. It informs the entire content strategy and it informs a great customer experience if done right. It, if aligned with business objectives and consumer objectives, it's going to be extremely effective and not only um, telling you what your customers want and what's important to them, but how you can you know, help them and create great content and provide them with value around those topics. So that's that's my take on it is I think consumers are starting they they had a big event that made them realize I need to become more savvy I need to become more flexible and adaptable in my my marketing strategy and they realized that that means being uh, having a good online presence and a core of any online presence is, is SEO right so that that's my take on it um, yeah. great points you, yeah you bring up some really great points and you know, if if you're a plumber in Tempe, Arizona, or um, you know, a SaaS company in Portland, Oregon, you know, when your consumers are searching for that need you fill, what your product does, you know, you want to be showing up um, when they're searching for you, right? So, you know, sometimes uh, I still am, feel sad sometimes when I experience when I look at a business that. You know, doesn't have a claimed Google My Business pro Google business profile or doesn't, you know, their address information is wrong or or just doesn't have one at all or no website or, you know, old it because it's such an integral part of of, you know, their long term success. And, um, you know, it educate. That's why what we do. A big part of what we do is uh, so important is education, educating um clients and just bringing awareness to the importance of digital marketing to the community um, because really um, it's only continuing to grow and grow and grow and you know we're continuing to see a larger shift in this direction so i, I just want to kind of touch on that point that 100 percent agree like there's value in seo whether you're a plumber or a cybersecurity company a veterinarian or a coffee mug maker right. uh, depending, right? Sometimes brand awareness, PPC ads, or, you know, there could be a channel that's better for your business at the time, but the majority of the time you're going to want to make sure you have your, your strategy really, um, you know, a clear strategy in place and a really effective strategy in place. And you're executing on that strategy to help you achieve your business objectives. So uh, I, I just think that the demand for SEO, the growth of SEO is only going to continue to go upwards. Uh, and really no telling where, where this goes in 10 years. It's um, uh, very fun times, you know, with the metaverse, NFTs, and, and the ties into digital marketing we're already talking about there, you know, and beyond, right? There's uh, many other things that are 
kind of evolving um, that, you know, just are going to make it continue to be more exciting. Google Lens, tie in with Google Lens integrations and um, yeah, heavier, heavier front on, on more and more SEO is always let's, a good. Let's um, we talked about this prior to jumping on, but let, let's uh, let me give a quick overview of how we kind of help business. Cause I think a lot of people hear SEO and they don't really understand. And I want to explain it to your average CEO, VP of marketing, um, like very quickly, like what we do so they understand. And then that's a great teaser for our next episode where we dive in deeper into the nitty gritty of how we actually do that. Um, oh yeah. Oh yeah. So, so this is this is the this is the gold, right? And that's one of the things we actually talk to clients a lot about is is the, the key with SEO is really what's great about it is it tells you where the gold is buried, right? It's part of our strategy when we talk about from a strategic standpoint is you need to know and love your customer at the deepest level. And what's cool about SEO is it gives you all this insight into this is what your customers are searching for. This is the problems. These are the questions that they ask. These are the problems they're having with your product. These are like, there's so much research that we do in that initial stage where we're basically understanding demand. Right. And so we go through that part of doing keyword research where we understand demand. There's a lot of collaboration depending on the size of the company and whether it's enterprise or not. And like internal subject matter experts and all that element to where we break everything down into categories. And then we we basically go through and there's a couple of things we do was one is we align company business objectives with the keyword research because if there's keywords that don't apply to your business and maybe you might say this specific keyword, while it might be low volume, might actually be one of your highest value customers, right? So it's about aligning the business objectives with the customer demand. So making a you know, connection on that standpoint, we go through and we actually categorize all those keywords to understand, are they informational related queries? Are they kind of more brand related queries? Are they uh, more commercial transactional queries where you know there's more buying intent there? And then what we do is we align all of that with your, basically we do a keyword gap analysis where we look at your website and we align all this content and say, where are you hitting these things really well and you're ranking really well? Where are you hitting these things where you're not ranking well that need to be improved? And where is all that opportunity, which is usually like 95% of it, where it's all this other opportunity that you can create high value content to show up for these keywords, for these customers of what they're searching for, right? And so, as we do that, then it's about just aligning with and creating that content and coming up with the systems to develop and um, create content in a way where you have a really good site architecture. And I won't get into all that, but I think that's a really good just high level overview so people understand what that element is, because then you can understand how that actually impacts the rest of your business. Because once you understand that, you can align that vertically throughout a lot of your different channels, right? You can align that through social media, you can align that through your newsletters, uh, and there's content from social media and content from your surveys and newsletters that inform SEO and your frontline sales. And so there's all the different elements, right? Yeah. So um, anyways, I wanted to provide that high level um, really quick. And then I think it's a good 
um, kind of tie into a future episode, which hopefully we'll do soon, uh, where we dive into the nitty gritty of that and actually show them because people are blown away when we walk them through our spreadsheets and how each topic is broken down, how our genius Michael here is using Python to automatically categorize different keywords and all the different elements. So I think that'd be a really cool uh, next episode. So. Yeah, no, I'm looking forward to chatting, chatting more about keyword research and, and really, you know, bottom line, helping Google better understand your entity or what your business does. Right. And, and then making sure you're showing up when your when your target audience is needs to find you. So that's the name of the game. And, um, you know, it's always exciting. So no, looking forward to the next episode, keyword research, uh, content gap analysis, topic analysis, all that fun stuff, because really that is. Uh, how you're how you're creating that great baseline or that foundation uh, for a, a great SEO strategy or to execute uh, a great SEO strategy. So no, looking forward to to talking more on that, Kevin. Awesome, awesome. Um, one of the things that Google came out with recently was the new uh, the URL inspection API. Yeah, um, I haven't had a chance to research that yet. So if you'd allow me to be lazy and maybe inform me of some of the different changes and benefits there. <laughs> I'd love that. <laughs> and everybody else would love that too. Yeah, the Google URL inspection API. So this is one that the SEO community has been uh, more or less geeking out on recently. And, and it really is a, a big advancement, um, you know, to help SEOs, right? Because previously, if you wanted to analyze if a URL was indexed, you know, you could go to Search Console um, and inspect your URL one by one. Uh, which takes time. Google has to crawl the page, has to check if the page is indexed, has, then has to assess if there's a canonical point in this page or if there's no index or robots blocking or low quality, no links, you know, whatever. So that takes minutes to go through and assess if that page is indexed. Um, so they launched the URL inspection API, which is really a game changer um, because now you have tie-ins where you're able to crawl thousands of URLs and very quickly get back a crawl of, is this URL indexed? Is it not okay. indexed? Is it canonicalized? Is it no? Is it blocked by robots? What's going on? Is it uh, 404ing? You know, so you can quickly get an export of all that data in Search Console rather than having to go dig through it. Um, okay. So we're seeing some cool things on that front, um, and I was just super impressed uh, with the tool companies that the, yeah. all the. SaaS tool companies out there um, and their quick response on getting their tools updated. Um, that was with my next question product. was like uh, our favorite tools, like, you know, uh, Screaming Frog and SEM Rush and Sitebulb and things like that. Yeah. Like, uh, are there integrations yet or are they working on integrations? Yeah. So that was, I was super impressed because Sitebulb, uh, I don't know if they were joking or not, but on, <clears throat> on Twitter, they tweeted, we finally have access to the Google URL inspection API. And it was about five days after the URL inspection API launched. So it was, they were very on top of it. And Screaming Frog came out with their integration um, about a day or two later. Um, so we're seeing all these, all these tool companies start to pick up these integrations. So yeah, uh, now using uh, Screaming Frog or Sitebulb or you know your other favorite crawler, um, depending, um, you can go in, hook up your API um, through your search console, uh, crawl your site, and quickly get a list of all your pages that are indexed, that aren't indexed, and what's preventing them from being indexed. Uh, the one integration that these tools don't have that you can do with something like Python 
is you can actually request URLs to be indexed. Um, so there's, and I'm sure some, the, some SaaS tools are working on this, uh, but instead of having to go back through Search Console to request indexing on pages, um, you can actually create a Python script that could go in and then request indexing via the Search Console API. So um, that's also just something to be aware of if you're kind of want to geek out on SEO and and want to dig in and and kind of check out some of the scripts out there. Um, JC, I'm going to butcher his last name. Um, JC Chuinard, he's a, a Python SEO Pythonista. Um, he had a blog article recently on the inspection URL API and and uh, Python. Uh, definitely worth a read. Um, but yeah, there are tools out there. There's also custom integrations. Um, and I think really the big takeaway here, there's not, it's not too much of a game changer, but it just makes life easier for an SEO. Rather well, when, you than think, when you think about like uh, for small, smaller business accounts, it's, it's not a huge deal. Right. But for yeah. some of the enterprise accounts that we work with, I mean, mm -hmm. it's, it's uh, hours of hours of time saving, right? Exactly. Like, yeah. Yeah. If you're trying to crawl 10,000 URLs, 20,000 URLs or, or whatever, um, doing that manually one by one, checking if they're indexed or sorting through each uh, inspection report in Search Console is a painstaking task and exporting to sheets. And, you know, now you can just crawl it, um, get the status of it and understand what you're working with, what pages need to be indexed, um, where those that gold lies that you have to, you know, identify and what, you know, low value pages that um, Google's, you know, seeing on your site. So you can get a lot of data from uh, the new inspection API. And uh, yeah, it's it's a cool little tool. I was very excited um, to hear that this came out, that this was launched by Google. That's awesome. Uh, no, and, and it's, it's so cool because when I saw we were talking about that, I was like, I was like, obviously, I, I haven't uh, done my uh, catch up on that yet because I, uh, I wasn't even aware of it. So there probably are some other people out there, too, that are like, oh, I'm going to have to like utilize that. So that's a huge uh, thank yeah. you. Yeah. Um, there was also the Google. So Google business profile in the dynamic categories was was one of the things we were going to talk about. And I wanted to see what. Um, what you're seeing with that and what do you think that what do you think that that means for local SEO and, and Google business profile? Yeah, yeah, great. Uh, shout out if anybody's this could be even confusing because this is a recent change. Google my business is now yeah. Google business profile. Um, so we'll, we'll leave that in the notes. Um, if you didn't see that change, Google made that uh, I think that was about two months that change about two months back. So um, that's why we keep referring to Google Business Profile. Um, but yeah, the uh, this was an interesting note, and it definitely impacts local SEO. And I have some thoughts on this, um, and based on recent studies I've read and, and kind of correlate uh, back up this data a little bit. Um, so what we're seeing is previously Google, when um, say you're a plumber um, and somebody fixed search faucet repair near me. Um, when your result popped up, uh, it would show your primary business category listed on your Google My Business or your Google Business Profile as plumber, um, which ideally, if you're a plumber, that should be your primary business category. But you can have all these additional business categories like uh, maybe faucet repair, maybe toilet repair, maybe um, leak repair, maybe water yeah, water heater repair, right? You can have all these subcategories or additional categories in the profile. 
um, that are relevant for your business, relevant for what you do, your services and products. So previously, Google was just displaying your main primary business category. So what we've been seeing on Twitter and, and in the SEO community is now Google actually changes out your primary category depending on what the user is searching. So uh, this actually ties in interestingly with some studies I've been seeing in the SEO industry recently is previously it was highly recommended that you don't put too many categories on your business profile. Five is max. It, there's dilution. There's category dilution. And three sometimes was max, depending on what expert you read, right? Three to five, no more than that, because there's category dilution and you lose rankings. So pre, uh, fast forward to now and more recent studies, um, that category dilution is based on all the recent studies and everything we're seeing in the industry. That is not a thing. You want to make sure you're listing all your relevant categories in your business profile because it gives you a much better chance to show up for all those searches that your industry is looking or that your clients are looking for, your potential clients are looking for in your industry. So, um, the, that's just the main takeaway for business owners as far as optimizing your Google Map, My Business profile here is we're not worrying about category dilution anymore. Make sure you're adding all your primary categories and subcategories. Google is looking at that. They're serving results based on what users are seeing or what users are searching for. So if you're not optimizing those categories appropriately, then you could be missing out on a huge chunk of opportunity for your business um, in local search results. So this it, it's really an important point um, on the local SEO front and definitely something that the business owner should be aware of. And just the overall importance of Google My Business, uh, the tie into local SEO here, it is like um, so important to your local SEO strategy. If you don't have your, S if you don't have your business profile claim, go claim it. If you have optimized, go optimize it. Um, if you have one takeaway from this podcast, please take that away because it's so important to your overall strategy that, um, yeah, I cannot overstress that. For, yeah, I mean, for the small businesses that are out there um, and yeah. where local search is, is probably one of your primary categories, your, your Google business profile is going to be uh, one of the number one ranking factors as far as having a really good um, completely filled out profile, engagement, reviews. Obviously, that ties into your website and a number of other factors. And But yeah, you're, it's always surprising how many businesses haven't just taken advantage of all the free features on there, right? Uh, and you know, don't use posts and things like that, which uh, I've started to see it more. And, and when people do actually post on Google Business Profile, I've actually seen that show up in the Discover feed numerous times too, where someone posts on Google, their Google Business Profile, and it shows up in my Discover feed. I'm like, this is great. Like, you know, yep. and so encouraging businesses to do that more often because it's Google, what I actually said when they launched Google Plus way back when was, why are they not just making their whole entire network a social network? Right. Yeah. That was always my question. And now they're actually starting to do that where everything is the social network. Right. So like the whole entire platform will eventually have social elements to it. Um, Absolutely. No, uh, you make some great points. Yeah. Google business profile is continually advancing at a very fast rate. They've recently made some updates to the products, like more primary listing on products on business profiles, 
more uh, more prominence on the GMB posts. Like yeah. it is, um, and there's more. There's even more recent advancements. It's something that you have to like almost continually monitor to ensure that you're you know have it properly optimized, that you have your information up to date, and that you're you know getting great engagement out of it. Because I think yeah. that's ultimately the goal. The main goal is to make sure you're getting clicks to your website calls and, you know, getting engagement or engaging with your audience. I, I saw a study um, sometime back. It was by the uh, your buddy over at the local, local SEO guide. He uh, he said that like 15% click-through rate on some of those GMB posts sometimes. Oh, yeah. So, uh, I mean, you can see some really excellent um, CTR out of GMB posts. I mean, it's just really a great platform to be uh, bringing more awareness. Um, yeah you know, around your brand. Yeah, absolutely. Speaking of uh, more awareness, we're going to be, uh, I say we, mainly you, you're going to be sharing SEO news, education, and creating more awareness around SEO on a, on a monthly basis going forward. Is that correct? Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. This is our, our first episode. And I, I really think we're going to be chatting about some fun things, especially I said this before. So hopefully I'm not like a broken record, but especially if you like to geek out on SEO, this could be the podcast for you because, you know, I love to chat industry news. I'm always trying to stay up to date. You can never be, uh, you never can be all the way up to date, but I'd like to stay up to date as possible and, you know, talk about SEO things. So, so looking forward to I'm at least doing this monthly and um, yeah, we'll have some great other podcasts. We'll be chatting NFTs, I think in the near future yeah. here and what that means for digital marketing. And um, yeah, really, really looking forward to all the quality um, content we're going to be uh, kicking out. So there's exciting well, stuff. I, I love it that we, um, you know, we've all been super busy. And so I love it how passionate the team has been and different people have been to step up and say, hey, we're going to be providing content on SEO consistently month after month. We're going to be providing content on design and user experience and website development month after month. We're going to be doing, you know, some episodes on on paid media or social and content. And like, so the goal with this podcast is to have some experts in, in our field, you know, obviously we have our internal experts and we may have guests on from time to time too, where we're providing, you know, education on all those different things. Uh, and uh, like Michael said, we like to, to geek out and dive <laughs> into topic. Uh, we're also going to provide some high level uh, things that are more for your kind of marketing uh, VPs, executives, business owners. And we're going to do some deep dives for uh, the other people that want to get, you know, nitty gritty into the details too. So um with that, uh, I just want to say thank you, everybody that's uh, listening out there, uh, whether you're on video or audio, um, please do uh, subscribe uh, either via YouTube or on the on the podcast. Um, and uh, we look forward to, to chatting you more with in the future. And if you ever have questions, don't hesitate to, to reach out. And Michael, I want to thank you so much, man. Uh, like I said at the beginning, love your passion, love your energy and all things around SEO. So uh, thank you. Awesome. Thanks, Kevin. No, uh, really enjoyed the show and looking forward to the next shows. Thanks so much. All right. Thanks, Michael. Thanks, everybody. Bye.